0: Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we're going to update you on the Jacob Vrana situation. As some concerns have been leaking out over Twitter, we're going to clear the air. We're going to talk about Philip Zadina finally in his first game that he played. And uh, the reverse retro teaser trailer dropped, and it's actually ripe with information if you look closely. And that's all on today's episode of Lockdown Red Wings. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. Well, Scotty is the host over at Locked On Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Uh, so, Scotty, we came into this episode clearing, trying to clear the air uh, to because of the news we had heard about Jacob Vrana or the lack thereof. We only heard that he was missing because of personal reasons and that he would not be playing on Friday. We t- intended to, like, you know, keep people calm. And then, as I'm editing, the news comes out. And that's the problem with sometimes recording in the middle of the day. Things come out after you finish recording, but this was big. So we decided to go back and re record and insert this into the episode. Uh, Jacob Verona has entered the player assistance program. Uh, there are no details as to why, and I doubt we will ever, ever get those details. And I am not going to speculate as to why, um, but we know that that program is there to help people who suffer from, you know. Oh, oh, it's a wide range. It's, it's a it's wide really range. Like it, I mean, there. yeah. It's, Bobby Ryan's it, been in it. He won the Masters yeah. Trophy after coming out of it. I believe Terry right. Price I mean, was in it last year. Stuff from
1: from substance, there's just stuff from just pure like mental health. Like yeah, mental like, health, you know, more. there's there's no it, it's a very wide range of things that they cover. And I know everybody's brain immediately I mean for the most part, probably goes to um to to substance, but like we don't know, you don't know, nobody so you don't knows. Speculate. Right. And, and they cover so much and that they help players with so much that it's it's not right for anybody to say, oh, like this is definitely what it is. Um, but he is definitely joining uh, or entering, I guess, is probably the better word program program. Um, and the specialists.
0: The, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The the, the NHLPA, um, the public relations department of the NHLPA released a statement about it. Um, again, no in-depth details because we are not owed those and uh we we will like brian said likely never get those the the one sentence that kind of sticks out to you just in uh trying to gauge when he'll be back is uh he will return to the club when cleared for on ice competition by the program administrators so there is no timetable of, Oh, people under this program and are out in X amount of weeks. Like, no, he will by the sounds of it, but by, by what we can take out of uh, the statement that they released, at least um, it, it, it sounds like he will be back when uh, the administrators and the people that are going to help him through whatever he is going through clear him to come back. Um, so that's pretty much the extent of what we know. That's probably all the information we'll ever know.
0: Yeah. So what the big takeaway here is Jacob Brown is not going to be with the team for the time being. And that we will continue to root for him as he, sure. you know, starts this journey in an attempt to get, get back into the right headspace, whatever that means for him. Um, and that when he comes back, well, well obviously you and I are going to, not that he needs us to welcome him back in open arms, but the Red Wings fan base, I'm sure will welcome him back in open arms and hopefully he can score all those goals we were hoping about. But, on a less important note, it, it does it does really stink that he just can't seem to catch a break. I mean, last year with uh, the injury and training camp, now back to this year with the having to enter this program, obviously, again, you hope for the best and he returns when he's ready. But we're chomping at the bit to see some Jacob Rana, man. It, it stinks. But, you know, and we'll, we'll cut once we get back to the original episode, once it cuts back into that. You'll hear us talk about it, but it, it enters a big opportunity for guys like Philip Zadina to fill that vacancy. And I would assume now that we know that Verana and Produzi are out for a long time, that you'll see n- another player added to the roster from yeah. AHL. And whether that be a young guy or a vet remains to be seen. Now that we know those guys are going to be out for a longer period of time, you could I don't want to make any assumptions, but. You could make a case for a Jonathan Bergerin because then there's actual minutes that he could get rather than just playing one or two games, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's I, I don't know. Like we said, we recorded a, a segment talking about we recorded a whole and, episode, <laughs> and, and, right? well, yes, but but we you know in, in the first segment of you know we 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 talked about it, and uh, now we're going back and adding this in after the fact because this came out. So um, it, I don't I don't know if you'll hear the part in, in which we talk about or what, what we'll make and what won't. But yeah, the uh, I, I think there is definitely a little bit more of a case for someone else like a Bergeron to get an opportunity just because, like you said, the, the reason that you wouldn't is if uh, Verona wasn't out for a decent amount of time, I guess we'll say, yeah. um, because of playing time and whatnot. But... I mean if you need depth and if Burgering can get an opportunity to play, you know, higher than like fourth line, which is what we initially thought because now we have two of our top six forwards out for the foreseeable future, then maybe maybe there's a little more justification to bring him back. But yeah, the biggest thing is obviously, you know, Verona's well-being and some things are bigger than than the game of hockey this and is definitely uh, Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I and yeah, very, um, very much in support of him, and and, and very open about uh, mental health stuff and whatnot. So hopefully he gets everything that he needs. And um, yeah, obviously, just wish him nothing but the best. And like you said, I mean, wishing for for the best for him as a person, but not but and uh, we are also just be, because he's such an electric player on the ice you know that that's uh it, it yeah just not a great situation all around so um yeah obviously wishing him nothing but the absolute best and hoping that we can see him back on the ice and doing everything we were excited
0: to uh to watch him do this year soon enough yep seconded uh on that note on that somber note i'll send you back to the episode where we talk philip zadina and uh reverse retro but then the question becomes posed scotty who's going to step up because now you have Bertuzzi and you have run out. And yep. so that brings you down from 14 forwards, which seemed like an excess at the start of the season down to 12, which is the minimum you need to fill out a roster. And you have seven defensemen. So you could go dip down in the grand Rapids Griffin's pool. And we did talk a little bit about that uh, yesterday, the day before that, when it came to these injuries, when we were talking about it and at that time, I was working on the assumption that Ronda might be back on Friday, so you still have 13 forwards. But now that you're at 12, it almost feels like you want to dip down for a forward from Grand Rapids just as a precaution. I mean, if you had to take a prediction, and he they might not, but I feel like it's probably wise. If you had to make a prediction on who's going to get called up, I mean, who would it be? Yeah, I mean, we, so we
1: kind of talked about this yesterday a little bit too, and, and just like – you know, who who would be, and we were just talking about it from the Burt perspective, and now, like you said, now that we have two guys that are pro- likely to miss Friday, it sounds like, um, well, Bertuzzi's definitely missing Friday. But the, uh, <laughs> I, I think, right, he's out four to six. But um, the, uh, you know, I really, I, I think what you said yesterday really is true, and, and I think that they are not going to ruin Ruin is a very dramatic word for what I'm trying to say. They're not going to remove Berggren from a situation where he's getting significant playing time and can take steps forward and whatnot. And and I, so I don't think it's going to be him as, as cool as it would be and as nice as it would be to see him get some NHL ice time. I don't think they want to remove him from a situation where he's going to get, you know, 22 to 24 minutes a night. So I, I, I do think it's going to be... I, like if I, I mean, if I had to guess, somebody like
0: Luff, honestly, I think Luff is probably my guess. I would guess that too. That or Giovanni Smith, yeah, maybe Javonnie Zarnik. Maybe but you're probably going to go for a winger,
1: to, you know, that extra skater to be, you know, to specialize in his area of of hockey. I don't know, but
0: no, I, I completely agree. I, I think that you know they could they could go out like a Jonathan Bergeron or uh, guys like that among that route if you really wanted to, you know, see a young guy when there's this long gap opportunity. But like you said, it would only have to be if they're getting a lot of minutes. Right. And we don't know if that's going to happen. It, that would have to that would have to be both Vrana and Bertuzzi are out for a longer period of time. And this player is going to be outperforming the likes of Adam Ernie or Philip Zadina or any Oscar Sundquist, any kind of winger down there. And right now, I don't know right. if that's capable of that. Uh, those young players. So I agree. I think it'd be a Matt Luff type. I think it'd be a Giovanni Smith type. Maybe an Austin Zarnick. There's another guy whose name I'm forgetting right now, but matters not. It's gonna be one of those guys if they decide to call anyone up at all. Um, but that yeah, it, it us- probably has to do with um.
1: I would imagine that that decision has to do with how long they expect Verona to be out. Uh, you know, if they call somebody up, maybe that's a indication that maybe a team misses Friday and he misses the next game. Whereas, you know, if they don't, they're like, okay, he'll be back, whatever. It's not even worth calling somebody up. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to do uh, unprofessional journalism and speculate on anything either. But like that, you know, I, I feel like
0: that, that might hold a little bit of weight. So we'll see what happens come Friday. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of naturally blends us into the Phillips Dina conversation that we've been wanting to have. And it's more or less just like a kind of a, a more in-depth look at his game on uh, Monday night, because he sat the first two games as a healthy scratch after looking what we thought pretty strong in the preseason, but they opted to scratch him those first two games. And due to injury and the personal reasons thing, he did get the play on Monday. And to be honest, I, I, understand why now having watched that game while alone decided to sit him he didn't look awful um, he started right in there in a top 6 role started the game on line 2 with Cop and Perron at the time he didn't started. look awful he started <laughs> that blender was, was working baby he was, he was playing with everybody by the end of it Yeah, but I can I can see now watching the game and a regular season game against a good team why they decided to scratch him other over the players that they did because When he was put under pressure, he seemed to cough the puck up a lot. When somebody attacked him directly is when he seemed to kind of, you know, brain fart, not really sure what to do with the puck and coughed up a turnover. When he had space, I think he was okay. And I thought he played in the defensive zone very well, but I can get why they, that he was the 13th forward on this team or 14th forward on this team, wherever you want to say it.
1: Yeah, I mean, just looking at how the offense performed in the first two games, like you, you, everybody loves the Redwoods line, right? So like, we're not messing anything with there. The top six was solidified, so the only real opening was if you could have found him a spot on the fourth line. And sure, I, I guess there's an argument that that you could have slotted him in, you know, maybe over an Adam Ernie or something down there on the fourth. But um, I don't know. I I don't think that. Given again, like really, this conversation revolves a lot also around that how good that huge third line has been, and I think that you know then then you're only talking about two available spots versus four, and that's a huge difference if you eliminate because you know coming into the season we're like oh you know bottom six forward he'll get some time on the third line probably the fourth like mix and match whatever and now. I mean, if this, if the Redwoods line is is here to stay and that's just going to be it, then you just cut his opportunities in half yeah. and, you know, Adam Ernie, like him or hate him, he's going to keep getting opportunities. He's, you know, what you're going to get out of Ernie's consistent night in and night out basis, um, you know, solid like veteran presence down there on the fourth, uh, Zadina is not about to play forward or center rather. And, uh. Yeah, that, I guess that even more so. There you go. That almost even leaves just like one spot for him kind of on a consistent basis. So um, I, I think a lot of the lack of opportunity with Zadina also has to do with just the fact that we have discovered this yeah giant third line that's been unbelievably productive three games in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I will continue this conversation, but first I got to talk to you guys today about... Bet online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player development, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in, check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. That's where the game starts. So yeah, segment two locked on Red Wings podcast. Uh, you're right, Scotty, the, the, this discovery that is the Redwoods line, so to speak, kind of really cuts that whole line down where he would be playing. And with this team fully healthy, it would be fourth line or nothing for, for Phillips unfortunately early in the season, assuming that Redwood line continues, but with the injury to Bertuzzi, and Verona getting out, I think he is going to continue to get looks in that top six because, Perfect. again, it comes to that argument with ceiling. He does have that incredibly high ceiling, but it's just you know he has failed to show it up until this point. And I think I do think that in, in a lot of ways this is a make or break season for him. He wasn't he wasn't necessarily, and I, I spoke about him in the first segment, Scotty, as if like he played like absolute garbage. That's not true. He looked okay. He wasn't awful. Like I said, under pressure he tended. To, tended to cough the puck up. But when he had space, he was making good smart passes in the offensive zone. And he was playing a really good 200 foot game from what I saw. He was getting in the corners in the defensive zone, trying to move that puck and get that puck from the opponent, which is something that when he started his career, he wasn't doing. And it is something that Derek Lalonde commented on as to one of the reasons why he was scratched. They said that, they wanted him to work on his play away from the puck and said that when they told him he was scratched, he immediately went back out on the ice and kept working on the things that they told him he needed to work on, which is when when you're looking out uh, for a response from a guy, especially with a guy with as much expectation on his shoulders as being a sixth overall pick as Phil Zadina, that is a perfect response. You are obviously going to be upset you're a healthy scratch, but to go back out there and then, like not to get frustrated, but then put it, to use productively by working on those areas, they say, and then for it to show up in the game, I did really like that out of Filip his game on Sunday. And if you look at, it, so the team got as a whole got really outplayed in the, that game, that loss against the Los Angeles Kings. Which, so the, the, there was only four players on the team that had an expected goals four percentage above fifty percent. Four players on that team were a positive asset in generating quality shooting attempts at five on five. Everyone else was below 50% because L.A. dominated that game. Phillips Zadina was, like, dead sent in the middle of the roster when it comes to that. So he was, when I say he was okay, I mean, even metrically, he was okay. He wasn't the best, but he wasn't the worst. And if you put that relative to his teammates, yeah, he was a negative 5.85. But when you look at Adam Ernie, who did score a goal in that game, mind you, was the worst on the team at 5-on-5 five five at negative 38. I think that it shows that he was he was okay. I mean, he was right dead center, almost net zero in terms of impact, which isn't like a compliment, but I'm just saying that, you know, he didn't look the greatest, but he didn't look awful either. And I guess that's kind of almost a cop-out. I don't want to make it sound like I'm trying to make excuses for Phil Zadina, because technically, metrically, he was still a negative impact player. But in a game where nobody really looked spectacularly, you know, over-the-top amazing with the exception of David Perron and that play by Larkin at the end, he looked fine overall yeah well and i think that's why he
1: got healthy i mean you're you're having a, we're having a conversation about like splitting hairs between you know net zero and where net zero landed exactly. on the scale of teammates in a loss like that's that if that's the bar for a sixth overall pick like that that's, that's point. really like sad so yeah i think that that's probably why he got healthy and yes it's a great response obviously you want a dude to go out there and be a dog and 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 go back out on the rink and and uh and and try and make something happen but like that's that that, that's why there you go like he he was yes he he was you know around net zero maybe slightly negative and oh he wasn't the worst on the team I don't think especially if this dude's about to be slotted into to the second line I don't think not the worst on the team should really be the bar like that, that this is uh, again, we're not only just the draft pedigree and whatnot, but even just like where we're at as a team, we are trying to win games now. And I don't think kind of net zero, maybe slightly below, maybe slightly above and let's compare him to how he does to everybody else should really be the, the bar For a dude that again is going to get second line minutes from for
0: probably a a handful of games, especially over the next four to six weeks. No, you're right. I mean, it everything that I said probably does come off a little bit like I was making excuses for him, and that's that is a fair judgment to make. And I think that, like, I, I mean, I believe I also said it like, there are expectations for him, like, this is a do, you know, do or die year for him in a lot of people's eyes. Not that our eyes really matter in terms of the organization, but I mean, public perception matters. And if people don't think you have it in you, then, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a really bad sign. Right. So I, The fact that he was barely a net negative player on a game where you lost, like you said, is splitting hairs. And in the end of the game, the expectations for him are high and he needs to perform at a higher level. I think that is a perfect way to surmise this conversation and, you know, kind of kind of put a pin in it for now, Um, because we're going to be talking about Philip Zadina for the entire year, the entire (laughs) year, Uh, because he's just uh, controversial as controversial gets. (laughs) We talked about it all last year, and we always mention how polarizing he is, but he's only going to be more polarizing this year. So, Correct. Keep an eye on that. Uh, talk, speaking of controversial and polarizing, uh, the NHL and Adidas teased their reverse retro jerseys today. Um, and this is something I've been waiting for for a long time because we all know how the original reverse retro jerseys looked. Um, they were bland. They weren't. It was like one of those things where you looked at what the Kings got, you looked at what the Colorado Avalanche got, you looked at what the Carolina Hurricanes got, and there were some really stellar reverse retro jerseys out there. And then the Red Wings come out, and it's like dun dun da dun, dun, nah, where it's just a plain white jersey with what three gray stripes, two on the so arms, one on the. It, it was, was so bad. It wasn't even bad. It was just boring. And so boring that the Red Wings bad. wore. They wore
1: have, them for the minimum. And then we're games. like, we're not wearing this over again. Two
0: games on the road. <laughs> yeah, there are two in NHL history. They wore those twice. Yeah. Two games where they could have worn them, I think, as many as they wanted. They were yeah. just so boring and uninspired. And I kept thinking to myself, and there were some other really, really bad ones as well. But I kept thinking to myself, why did they do this? Like, why did they just do no effort? And I think in the end they were scared because there's such a rich tradition with the Red Wings, and Red Wings fans are. Ravenous when it comes to their uniforms, much like myself, uh, that they didn't want to like really go bold. But see, this is where I disagree, and I I really wanted them to go bold because this is a one-off jersey. This is a, this is a jersey that will only have this year. Like bold, as in like for example. The 2016 Stadium Series jersey I thought was bold. The stripe that went across, the modernized D, I yep. didn't necessarily like it. It wasn't my favorite uniform in the world, but I respect the fact that they tried something different for the Stadium Series. The Winter Classic jerseys were play-on classics, and they looked great. Last, yeah, The that. last reverse retro wasn't any of that. But now we got our first taste of what the new reverse retro jersey could look like, and we'll get into that in segment three. Segment three that locked was just on Red elite. Wings That was an
1: elite transition. You know, big time players make big time plays. That was that was, that was elite.
0: I, I'm feeling on top of my game today. I don't know what to tell you. It, yeah, man, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm feeling like it too. I think it's the you're, daytime, you're here. You're it's the daytime here. It's a daytime recording, man. It's, it's nice. <laughs> but literally like 20 minutes before we started recording, they dropped the actual, not the tweet teaser video they did in the morning. Uh, that, that one was just like, oh, hey, we're going to do it. There's a teaser for a teaser. They actually dropped Correct. the real teaser video. And there was already rumors circulating on Twitter and on Reddit that the main color scheme was going to be red and black. And this teaser video kind of doubles down on that. Now it's tough to tell because of the way they shade everything, but uh, that along with the way, and if you watch carefully and I I have it on my Twitter at Brian Fisher, WWJ, make sure you follow and subscribe on Twitter. Um, but subscribe to you on Twitter. Well, subscribe to us on YouTube, whatever you want. Um, (laughs) There's a short clip that I snipped and I said, this is the part you want to focus on because at one point they do hot. They like, it's really quick, like digital graphic editing on top of this, like sh- blacked out. It's kind of like, putting yeah, an ad on an ad. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they put like a red stripe and it goes up and down the Jersey real quick. Multiple red stripes go up and down the Jersey really fast and followed by um, black boxes with red outlines to fill in the spaces where those red stripes were not. And it happens in the blink of an eye. It's like one frame each. It happens so fast. And I posted the snip. said, this is the part you guys want to watch for. Because compare this to, like, I and I posted in my replies to the Sharks jersey, where those blue stripes on those are angled in an arrow. It goes up in an arrow. So that seems to indicate what the jersey design will be what it will look like in terms of like the striping and everything and they did multiple red stripes up the middle and if it's true that the Twitter um, rumors are it's going to be red and black color scheme you're looking at a barber possibly a barbershop jersey that is going to be red and black primarily rather than red and white which is in its essence a reverse retro sick (laughs) that's what it is if In essence, if that's what it is, that's hard. That's, we will find that's out. Awesome. We we're supposed to find out today. And I, I guess I know what your opinion on it is. I think that if, that if that is true and it is this and all indications are pointing that it is, it, um, I, I'm going to like it. And I, what I like the most about it is that they decided to go bold. That they went with a retro look and decided to put a twist on it, like we've never seen it before, with that black and red look. I know black's never been in the Red Wings color scheme before, and I think that's what's going to be controversial about it. Is some people don't like black in the Red Wings uniforms. They've had black like jerseys in the past. The Reebok had a what do they call it, the Black Ice jersey, mm-hmm. and I thought it looked sick. But people, not everyone likes the black. But as a one-off jersey that could be worn multiple times throughout a season, that it'll only be here this year, I love it. I love the concept of it because they went with something very different, but at the same time, a reference to something from the past. And that is the essence of the reverse retro.
1: Yeah. Not just here's a gray Jersey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, dude, I can't wait. I I really do. Uh, First off, I I think you're spot on. I think that's given the, the video and everything. I think that that's, what we're going to get and that if that is what we are going to get i am beyond pumped i think that it's going to look so cool uh i uh, yeah i like i i can't wait i think that that is like you said that's not only is it uh, a callback to like previous jerseys that were really well recepted, recepted? Received. received received bingo He's <laughs> Recepted, received. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's let's grow up a little bit. I. Uh. I think that. I, I. can't wait though. For real. I. I think that it's. It's super cool. Like I said, dip back in history while also having a new twist on it. Also, like, all across the league, it's really, like, all of the videos and hype things are very dark. And, like, yeah. black, and I think that that might just be, like, all of them are going to have a lot of black in them. And I, I if that's the case, then that's just, well, like, maybe the style that's, like, going around. I don't know. That's
0: not true, though, because some of them did leak today, and uh, not all of them have black in them. Oh, you're um, right. Nashville leaked Nashville today. was, it was like a. Oh, my
1: gosh. You're right. I, I, I totally literally knew that I and like just it. said that anyway. That's completely my fault. But, no, Nashville's.
0: Uh. Yeah. But the thing we don't know about this, well, we technically don't know anything because it's not confirmed yet. We're just making all this assumption based on the teaser video and rumors circulating on Twitter. But if this is true, we don't know what the logo is going to look like. We don't know if it's going to have the Detroit word mark on it or if it's going to have the winged wheel. And that's what I'm really excited to see because I don't know what I'm going to like better if that's the case. The thing too is, so obviously this is a callback, throwback to the barbershop jerseys, which was a throwback to the Falcons jerseys. (laughs) when they were the Falcons for like two or three years in the, what the fifties maybe? No, it was the thirties. It was Bef- the thirties yeah, before the fifties. The fifties yeah. is when they won a ton of Stanley Cups. Right, yeah, the thirties well before that. Um, so I'm really interested to see that. It's not, I think I, like I said, I like it as a concept. I like that. It's bold and I like it a lot better than the last ones. I do understand that it'll probably be controversial with a lot of people. If that is indeed, you know what it looks like, but also it's not my first pick. Of a reverse retro, but I'm also not very creative on what my first pick would be. My first pick would have been like that 2014, 2014 uh, Winter Classic jersey with the cream in it, the cream color, except it's reversed. I think if it was a cream jersey with red stripes instead, that would be sick. I saw a couple mock ups on Twitter on that over the span of all the speculation. I was like, that would have been amazing. I agree. Um, but, I mean, hey, black and red is a huge improvement over the last one, in my opinion. I know a lot – like I said, a lot of people on Twitter don't want the black. But if if it does have black in it, like the rumors are saying, wicked. I think it's going to be pumped, cool. pumped, man.
1: I, I really am. And, like, I'm – like, uh, this, oh. is a, this is a – Cop you know, and Peron are going to have tinted visors times.
0: too. What? Cop and Peron are going to have tinted visors with it too. And that's going to look Yeah, dope. it's
1: going to look hard. Yeah. The uh, it's it's not a permanent thing. Like it's not a oh my goodness, they're they're changing like the Detroit Red Wings. Like no, it's just like a fun one-off jersey for a season. Like it, it you know, I think that that's. I agree with you. I think you might as well go bold because we saw what happens when when you kind of go more conservative with them and and just try to keep them bland and traditional and whatnot. Not that you know, I'm not saying the all gray nonsense was was traditional to red wings lore or anything there was no reverse
0: or retro in that at all
1: right right i I, exactly but like that's what happens when you when you don't like you know go big or go home and if people don't like it then like people are going to dislike everything like all the time ever so like let's just try and do something cool and uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm pretty pumped about it. I, I think that that's going to be a sweet look. And I'm a yeah. big fan of the barber pole just as is. So.
0: Oh, yeah. I was, you know what's funny? As a kid, I thought it was stupid looking, but it's like one of those things where like, you know how your taste in food changes as you get older? Yeah. This is how it can, kind of worked with me. And like, I'm looking back on those jerseys now and I'm like, dang, I really wish we had something like that. I wish we had, like, a permanent third jersey. I know a lot of Red Wings fans are against that, but it's like, you wear it, like, 10 games a year, and it just adds a little spice, a little flavor. But I know that Red Wings fans, you know, scoff at the idea of having yeah, more than just a home minimalist. and away a jersey, which is a kind of ironic coming out of me about how defensive I get about jersey ads, but kind of not the same, but whatever. Um, no, yeah, go off, man. No, it's good. It's good. I don't need to call myself out. Uh <laughs> Let's talk. We got a few minutes left here. Let's talk about Sebastian Cosa because we meant to talk about this last week. No, it happened it over the weekend, week. but we got it got lost in the noise of all the games. Yeah, he got sent down to the ECHL with the Toledo Walleye, uh, played phenomenal, and then immediately got called back up to the AHL. At this point, it's old news that that was just because. The Griffins hadn't started, started playing games yet. The ECHL Toledo Walleye, which is the Red Wings ECHL affiliate, was playing preseason games. So they had him go down there to play some games. They sent to, to as well down there. They called both of those guys back up. Sebastian Kosa tonight or yesterday, by the time you're listening to this, is set to make his AHL debut as a goaltender. And he's going against Askarov. Who was the first round pick of the Nashville Predators in 2020, the year prior? So it's going to be a battle of first round picks at the AHL level.
1: Askarov, awesome.
0: man, oh, he's really he good. was a guy. He was a guy. Um, if you're a
1: longtime listener, he was a dude that Nolan and I did a deep like breakdown, and I forget who we had on. Wasn't me. I don't. I don't think it was Tony. We had somebody on to like break down Askarov uh during our like profiles going into the 2020 draft man and he is nasty and he's been good as a pro like that dude yeah he he's he was the the top goalie prospect coming out of Russia that season and yeah it's it, it it'll be fun it'll be really fun i'm i'm really pumped i'm really pumped and i'm glad that it was you know there was a little bit of fear again that like oh you know he maybe he's not going to get as much playing time in the ahl because they sent him down to the e but like no that was very much just
0: for development and just e- to get some games in even when they sent him down to the echl i wasn't like panicking like out of all the things that's happened with sebastian cosa that have made me go made me like think for a second like oh no before i you know leveled yeah, out was like don't be an idiot no tonight. one should be thinking that at this at this age like he, he's so young no one should be looking at
1: anything and being like huh. Well, this dude's gonna be a bust because he just got sent down to the E for pre season. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's. But
0: that's, at the time, we didn't know that was the reason. A lot of us. I mean, I even saw guys with with big publications going like, "Oh, I wonder why this happened." It wasn't until afterwards that we have all f- collectively for sure. figured yeah, it I out didn't know
1: why it was going into it. No, nobody really did, but. A, it makes perfect sense. And B, even if he was down there, I mean, like, he's okay. Still he, forward. Have, there's three goalies in Grand Rapids. Yeah, if yeah. they sent him down there, and then he would have got more playing time anyway. Like, I'm, I'm glad he's in the A, and I'm, and I'm glad that he's in Grand Rapids, and I'm, I'm pumped about it, and I, I can't wait. I'm glad he's going to get, I'm presuming, legitimate-ish playing time because they, they are keeping him there. But, yeah, you know, whatever, ha- whatever the, this front office thinks should be the next step for him, I'm going to trust. I'm not losing any sleep over whatever they end up doing with him this season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, make sure you check out that. If you don't have a subscription to the AHL streaming service, then follow Andrew Rinaldi on Twitter. He has uh, beat ready for p- uh, field pass hockey, and he gives you up to the minute updates on every Grand Rapids Griffins game. We've had him on a couple of times. He's a great follow. If you want to follow the Grand Rapids Griffins, so keep an eye on yeah. him. He'll let you know how Sebastian coast is doing. I promise. Uh, Scotty, any final thoughts, man? Um, we ball, we do ball, we really do. We really do. Thanks for making Locked On, Red Wings, your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On, Fantasy Hockey, Steel Rodin and Flip Livingstone. A couple of badass names right there. Bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice. Monday through Friday, available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty and I, you are just you're awake the- <laughs> I, I could see it in your face you were just waiting so, for funny the thing
1: is, i was like i'm gonna do it right here in the middle of a sentence then i was like mm, that's a read let's let him finish <laughs>
0: uh, you, you thought about it. i looked over and i was like this mother i can see it in his eyes <laughs> we'll be back with a new episode uh tomorrow same time same place it's your team every day every day